on my knees like, what am I here for? I know it's bigger than me, it's bigger than my eight to five, waking up in the morning, checking my bank account just enough to survive or more than I need. Either way, it ain't enough for me cause deep down inside I hear this voice saying there's a bigger reason for me to be alive. Been standing on the sidelines too long. Coach put me in the game, I'm going long. I can't just be, nah, nah, and I can't just exist. This reminds me of a story. Can I reminisce? I had this English teacher when I was in the ninth grade. She would always look at me with that stern face when I would act up or stray away. She would say, you're going to do something great one day. I would hide my smile and walk away. <laughs> Man, I ain't seen a since. But today you reaping the benefits of somebody who decided to make a difference. It's so easy to be still, not move. It's so easy to ignore what you got to lose. Today is the day, what would you choose? The day is the day, what will you choose? Today is the day, what will you choose? Happy New Year. 2012 has been on many calendars and uh, many calendars as the end of the world uh, for a long time. And the Mayan calendar, for some reason, only goes till 2012, ends on December 21st, uh, 2012. And there's lots and lots of theories as to the reasons why 2012 might would be uh, the end of the world. One of those is that a new solar maximum is predicted, which is an increase in sunspot activity. Uh, but scientists today are looking at that saying that they think this next solar maximum may be the weakest uh, solar maximum we've seen in 100 years. Uh, some people think that the earth is going to pass near a black hole and the black hole is going to suck everything uh, in into uh, the black hole. Uh, I think if a black hole comes, we'll have centuries to prepare for it because we'll know it's coming. A passing asteroid is another theory that's going to pass by the earth and is going to collide into the earth, creating an extinction. Uh, some say like we haven't seen since the dinosaurs, uh, but the closest asteroid is not scheduled to come this way until 2028. And uh, they're saying that it'll miss us by a long shot. There's another theory uh, that's kind of interesting to me, and, and this theory is about a planet called uh, Nabru. And Nabru is, is this planet that NASA has been hiding from us, according to some theorists. And, and the planet is this year going to collide with Earth. And, and uh, the people uh, believe that NASA already knows about this, but there's a conspiracy theory that they're hiding it from us and, and that this planet is going to collide with us and to kill uh, everybody involved. And the believers in, in that, I think, wear tinfoil on their heads and think we never landed on the moon. Uh, but the fervor about the end of the world is expected to get bigger and bigger and bigger all the way up to December 21st of 2012. And so I, I want to invite you to a service that I think we're going to do on Saturday, December 22nd. Uh, to come and uh, to be a part of what the Lord is doing. And, and the truth of the matter is, is I don't personally believe uh, that the world is going to end this year. And that being said, I, I want to say it could. And uh, th this could be the last year, and this could be uh, our last days on, on planet Earth because I want to remind you of the last words that Jesus said. If you have a red-letter Bible, last letters in red the end of Revelation where Jesus said, and I'm coming quickly. 
Jesus is coming back. And what you can bank on, none of those theories, but what you can bank on is the fact that Jesus is coming back. And I agree with most scholars that would say that nothing in this book left to be fulfilled before Jesus comes back. He could come back at any given moment. And the truth is, we don't know when he's coming back. The Bible says no man can know uh, when he's coming back. So we all need to live every day like it's our last, right? And we all need to live every year uh, like it's our last. And so I want you to ponder that question this morning as we begin a new year. How would you live if you knew this was your last year to live? What would change? And what would be different about your life? Would you quit your job and sell all your possessions and, you know, give all the money to the poor? Would you go on some mission trip or would you go another route and, you know, try to complete everything on your bucket list? Maybe you'd live worse, right? I mean, eat a lot more red meat. I mean, because, you know, your cholesterol count doesn't count and dessert, we would eat it first. And, I mean, but what, what would you do different? And I hope that all of us, under the sound of my voice today, I hope that all of us would live with purpose and intent if it were our last year. And that we would all seek God and we would all ask God, what do you want from me, God? What's the last thing, maybe the most important thing you want me to do in this last year? That what, what is it that you want me to do? And we would live our lives uh, with purpose and intent. And I want to say on January 1st, 2012, that my intent is for us as a church to live intentionally this year every day of this year that we wouldn't take a moment for granted that we wouldn't take anything for granted and that we would live because and we would live with the causes that God puts in our hearts and I want each of each of us to live each moment as if it's our last and each of us to live you know each day as if it's our last which really makes you ask the question if that's the goal of your life how I mean, how, how do I do that? How do I live every moment like it's my last? And how do I live every month and every week uh, like it's my last? What is really important uh, to God? And uh, what purposes am I to really be uh, committed to this year? And in this three-week series we're calling Because, I want to talk about three things that I think we should be highly committed to in, in 2012. And today, uh, we're going to introduce the first of those three things. But these three things, I think, are very close to the heart of God. These three things, I think, are doors of opportunity that uh, present some urgency, that are screaming, now is the time to walk through uh, that door. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to take some time to look at some of these things. And today we're going to start with maybe the most important thing, prayer. And I think as a church, we need to look at the words of Jesus where he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer and, and that we need to be highly highly committed to prayer and uh, at the risk of being hypocritical and talking about prayer for 45 minutes I, I want us to call today a day of prayer and I want us to pray together in this service and for those of you who know that the service starts at 11 we started with prayer and, and for those of you who think it starts at 11 15 you missed uh, an amazing prayer time that we started the service with uh, today, I would encourage you to be on time. That's a side note. But if you want to live a life of purpose and intent, you have to be a person of prayer. And, and if you want to live a life focused, but you don't ever pray, I would say good luck with that because that's what you're going to need is luck. And I think pagans are the ones who, who need luck. And so today I want to give you three reasons uh, to pray, and then we're going to stop at different junctures in the service today and pray. 
together. And, and the first reason I want to give you today that I think maybe we should pray is, that, is because we love each other. And, and what I mean by that is prayer is this outward-focused activity. Outward, I mean that we're focusing on God, that we're coming to this place where we're saying, I cannot do this all by myself. I need God in my life, and I need God involved in the activity of my life. And so I can't do it by myself. Even when I say that phrase, all by myself, uh, my family would think of our, our newest member, Limley, because all by myself is one of those phrases that she just parrots, and, and she just says. And, and when you're learning a language as a child, you learn it differently, I think, than you would as an adult, uh, because your brain is still functioning and, and uh, you, you're able to take in new activity and, and, and as a child you just parrot what you hear and you mimic and you learn the context in which you would say that and you just say it exactly like you would hear it and uh, she hears it differently than all by myself and I can't even tell you how she says it just like all by myself all by myself and and, uh, and I'll say no let me it's not all by myself she says, I want to do this all by myself and I'll say, no, let me, it's all. And she'll say all. And I'll say, bye. And she'll say, bye. And I say, myself, myself. And I said, now say it, all by myself. <laughs> and everything is all by myself, right? I mean, she, she had the conversation with Meredith yesterday as to, you know, and me, why, why can't I pick out my own clothes? And, and we said, because you're five. And, and she said, but Maya, my cousin, who's three, gets to pick out her own clothes, and I'm five. I'm bigger. And so, well, you have a different mom. And you just need to get used to the fact that until you're 21, she's picking your clothes out. <laughs> no, Daddy, I want to do it all by myself. And, 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 but all by myself, it's coming to that confession before God of, God, I can't do this all by myself. I need you. And, and so we, we pray in that way. Paul was one of those apostles. He prayed. He spent a lot of energy and commitment, high level of commitment, to praying for other people. Almost every letter he writes, he begins talking about how he prays uh, without ceasing for the people in that church and for the, the people of God there. Ephesians 1, verse 16 says, I've not stopped. Think about that. I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Colossians 1. Verse 3, we always pray for you and we always give thanks to God for you. Romans 1, verse 9, God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night, I bring you and your needs in prayer before God. Paul was serious about prayer and he was serious about praying for his friends and for his family. He had a heart for people. He had a heart that was transformed by Jesus Christ and his life was different. There was a time where he hated Christians right? And he was dead set on killing Christians. But God transformed his life and his life was changed. And after his life was changed, he was highly committed. He became a radical intercessor for people and, and for his brothers and sisters in Christ. Sometimes I meet people and, and they'll, they'll express to me a particular need about a particular issue. And kind of a rule of thumb that I have is before I give any advice, I say, I, I'll, I'll pray for you about that. And it may be the easiest thing for me to do, but it's also the best thing for me to do is to pray for them and, and to say, in this moment, I, I just want to pray for you. And I just want to give you a little takeaway today, uh, a, a practical takeaway for you to live your life this year as a man of faith or a woman of faith, is that when somebody expresses a need to you, would you be a person of faith? And in that need, would you say, hey, I will pray for you. I believe God is real. 
I believe he's powerful. I believe he's all-knowing. I believe he's all-encompassing. All he is a big God who is large and in charge, and you have a need that you've just expressed to me, and so I just want to exercise my faith on your behalf, and I want to pray for you. And in fact, I would just say to you, in that moment, the smartest thing you could do is in that very moment, view that moment as an opportunity that is divine, as if it were your last moment, and say, let's just pray right now. Let's just pray right now. And, and, and you say, well, that's just a little awkward sometimes. I know. I, I'm in that same boat with you at times where I, I know it's awkward at times to say, let's just pray right now. But you know what? On the other side of the coin, and I've been on the other side of the coin many times, where I express a need that I have or frustration that I have or something that I'm worried about, I have never one time when somebody that I was talking to said, hey, let's just pray right now, I've never walked away from that going, man, I wish they wouldn't have done that. Ever. In fact, every time I walk away going, I'm so grateful that that person loves me and cares enough about me that I just express the need that they say, hey, let's just pray right now. And let's just talk to God right now. And, and so I want to encourage you to do that. And so I want us to stop right now and pray for friends and, and for family. I've given you in your little handout today uh, four things that we're going to pray about today. And so let's just take a minute. And as you look at the bullets under friends and family, would you just gather around, maybe two or three of you uh, at a time, on the road that you're in, and, and would you just get with a group of two or three? Or, and, it, it, you know, if you're here by yourself today, just meet somebody, okay, and say, my name is, and introduce somebody who's a part of your faith family. A and uh, learn somebody's name. And then, y'all, let's just spend a few minutes praying for our friends and for our family. We'll throw these slides up on the screen as well to give you some... Uh, points to pray about. have family members who are hurting all of us have family members who maybe need the Lord would you pray that your family would come to know the Lord this year that this would be the year all of us have family members that maybe know the Lord but they're far from him would you pray that this year would be the year that they would come back to God all of their heart all of us have family members who are sick pray for their healing family members that have relational need God of relationships would heal relationships pray for your relationships with your family would you pray that this would be a year uh, of deeper and more intimate and intentional relationship friends and family with your children 
your parents are still alive, that, that you would have more meaningful and intentional relationship with your parents this year. Would you pray for intentional opportunities to invest in people's lives that don't know the Lord? <clears throat> and to invite them to a church where they could come to know Jesus. Invite them to a place <clears throat> where they could come to know salvation. People that need a relationship with God. That we wouldn't allow the steering wheel our lives and our church to do a U-turn and cause us to just be inward focused but that at 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock on the steering wheel we would hold it <coughs> driving our lives into intentionality into the lives of people who are far from God and need Jesus today if you're here as you're praying all across the auditorium or maybe you're watching online today and you say you know what pastor I, I've got a real need today that I need prayer for if that's you would you just raise your hand high and let me see it all across the room just high hold it up high so I'm, I'm just going to ask you if your hand is raised lots of hands if your hand is raised just as a confession to say I can't do this all by myself I have a need today would you just stand up and we want to pray for you. As our faith family, friends today. So if you're standing for prayer, would you just keep your hand raised? Because as I ask others to stand, it may get confusing as to who's standing and asking for prayer. And then I want men and women just to get up and go lay your hands on people's shoulders. And let's just be the church today. Would you just pray? these men and women if you don't know them ask them their name they may want to share their need they may not that's okay either way and just pray just pray out loud let them hear in their ears your voice talking to God on their behalf if your hand is raised for prayer and you don't have somebody at you yet would you wave your hand high at me so that I can see it okay there's there's uh, some right here we got we have a lady right over here church anybody else nobody's at you yet yeah right back here uh, guys we have a gentleman uh, that we need some people to gather around and pray for anybody else just pray for their needs. Pray for the God who sits on the throne of all thrones to meet them where they are, to take care of what concerns their heart today. one of our men who I know is always investing and inviting and other people Kurt Oxen would you come I'm going to ask Kurt just a voice of prayer for us 
as we wrap up this part of our, our prayer time for friends and for family. Heavenly Father, we're grateful to be able to come to your throne of grace and to ask and petition you for those needs in our lives and our personal lives and the lives of our family and our friends. Father, I just pray for each person that's in this room this morning and watching on the internet, Father, that you would help them to be intentional in their relationships with their friends and their families and look, look to their needs and that they'd be selfless and begin to reach out. Father, that we might come alongside them and Father, that we'd invest our lives and invite them to participate in a church that, that loves you and looks to be able to impact not only our family and friends, but our homes and our community and our world. Father, we'd be sure to give you the glory for the hope that we have in you that we can ask these things knowing that you already have an answer and that we'd be sensitive to your guidance and your leadership. We'd be sure to give you the glory for the outcome of how that will impact our lives and the lives of our friends, family, and for the kingdom. It's in your precious name we ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kurt. The world that we live in today is a dangerous place. And uh, if you're just a casual observer of news and what's happening in the world, these are difficult times that we're living in. And uh, maybe more than ever, we need to be praying church, and uh, which is the second reason that I want to give you today or suggest to you today that why we would pray. We live in a dangerous world. And throughout the world, every day on the news, you see churches being burned and Christians being killed and faith being threatened. And, and 2011 was unprecedented in protests around the world uh, and just upheaval uh, of protests. And there are believers, quite honestly, that are not safe. And you know what? That's not new to our day. Peter saw the same thing in his day. Uh, and what Peter said is when you see these things happening in the world, uh, in verse, uh, four, chapter 4, verse 7, he says, The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayer. If the world is turned upside down and you see that, then what do you do about that? You are disciplined and earnest in your prayers. And the truth of the matter is, is this church has prayer, uh, has missionary partners and mission partners and ministry partners all over the world that are in dangerous situations. And you've heard us talk about the churches in Egypt that we're partnering with. You've heard us mention them. The group that just got back from this last trip said while they were there, one of the evangelical pastors' his house was barricaded by extremists. And the police, they couldn't get out of their house. They locked the gates around their yard and would not let them exit. And then those coming with the Molotov cocktails were coming to kill that family. When, when the police intervened and, and saved them and others came and, and prayed for them and saved them. This is common occurrence in a lot of the world. And, and when we speak to these missionaries on the phone and there's fear there sometimes and there's plans that we're making with them and in the plans that we're making with them, we have to be cautious. Quite honestly, a whole lot more cautious than I want to be. But, but it's because it's dangerous and, and we need to stand in prayer for them and we need to be united for them. And so for our partners who are watching online today in multiple countries around the world, I want them to see us in Tulsa where it's easy to worship. 
where it's lawful and even encouraged to worship. I want them to see us praying for them today. And, and so I'm going to ask even the cameraman just to, to pan the audience in this next prayer section as we pray for those around the world. And we pray for the glory of God to be lifted up around the world. But we're not only going to pray for our world. I want us to pray for our nation too. And right here at home, it's, it's getting crazy. I, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the news, but death and despair are right here in our own backyard. I mean, it's all around us. America uh, needs prayer. Uh, from a, you know, a nine-year-old girl who's killed and dismembered in Indiana by her babysitter to, to uh, uh, somebody dressed up in Santa taking out their whole family in Texas. I mean, it's everywhere. Verse of Scripture I hope that you're familiar with is 1 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. that says, then if my people... That's us, my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves, will pray and seek my face, and will turn from all of their wicked ways. I will hear them from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will restore their land. And so I want us to pray for our world, and I want us to pray for our nation, and we need to humble ourselves as a nation. We need to seek God's face. We need to turn from wickedness. What we need as a nation is revival. We need the Spirit of God to flood uh, through the church of Jesus Christ across the world and bring revival, drawing men and women back to God and back to intimacy with Him, to be shaken by Him, quite honestly, for our lives as we know it, to be ruined by Him, that we would hear His voice and we would listen and we would follow and we would turn from sin and we would live lives of repentance. Our leaders need to be humble, that we would seek God's wisdom, that our leaders would seek God's wisdom and they would hold... Uh, in their hands, our fate with a pen as they put law into legislation. I read a book this last week called How Do You Kill 11 Million People? It's a crazy title. And I thought maybe it was going to be about abortion as I picked the book up, but I, I ended up reading it in one setting. And it wasn't about abortion. It was about the Holocaust. It was about 11 point whatever million Jews that were killed during the Holocaust. And, and basically the author begs the question, how did that happen? How did so few people kill 11 million people? Why, why did 11, people not, 11 million people not stand up and revolt? Why did the rest of the world not stand up and, and say, no, 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 after you killed 11, no, this is not going to happen. You're not going to kill us. You're not gonna, and, and, and the answer is lies. That we lived in a day then as we do now where it is acceptable for leaders to lie. And, and the author goes on to make the point to say, in this country, over 300 million people are citizens of the United States of America, and, and our destiny is led by 500. With a president and, and some senators, 50 whatever senators and however many congressmen, that as these group of people come together, that 300 plus million people are led with a bit in the mouth like a horse by 500 people. And that we need to pray for our leaders. The Scripture says we need to pray for our leaders, but we need to pray for the 300 million people to stand up and say, no. What's right is right and what's wrong is wrong, and we are going to return to, to where our founding fathers said we should build this land on. And so I want us to pray. I want us to pray for the cause of God around the world. I want us to pray for our partners around the world. I want us to pray for, for our land and our nation. An election year. I, I could not be more disappointed with the political climate of our country. I don't want to badmouth any leaders or any politicians. That's not what we're here for. I want us to pray for them. 
I'm praying this year God would put some men and women into office that would lead and take us back to God. So let's pray together. Let's throw some of these bullets on the screen if it would. And just gather around. Maybe somebody just take a turn to voice out loud a prayer for a group of two or three people. And let's pray for our world and let's pray for our nation. of our men to come. Kevin Snyder leads our first impressions team. Mark High School leads our efforts in Haiti. Ask them to voice uh, prayers. Kevin, you pray for America and then Mark, you pray for the world did this earlier and I'd like to do it again. If everybody could just please stand and just grab the hand next to you. Uh, it just was confirming to me just what an awesome representation of just coming together as a church body. So uh, let me pray. Father, what an incredible privilege and honor to stand united before you first day of 2012 and Lord first and foremost we just commit 2012 to you as our first fruits of this church body Lord let this be our representation of our hearts of our families Lord to stand united before you and join together for you but Lord let this be an awesome representation of your bride the church this year, Lord, that we could rise up united for you to affect our nation. Lord, let this nation be a nation under God. Yes. Lord, that we can, uh, as a church body, influence the leaders of this nation. Lord, that uh, we can come together and just be the driving force of the decisions that they need to make. Lord, I'd lift up our leaders right now. Lord, from the local level, level, from our mayor to our governor to, to our representation of Congress and, and senators, congressmen and senators, Lord, that, that represent us there, to our president, Lord, and our future president, Lord, that they would seek you with their, with their whole heart this year, Lord, that you would provide them the wisdom, and Lord, that they would be divinely led by your Holy Spirit to, Lord, just to, to seek you first in all things and all decisions they have to be made. Lord, I pray for a revival to sweep this land like it's never swept it before. Lord, that your, your word, 
and your Holy Spirit will consume each of us like fire that has never consumed us like that before. And Lord, we just uh, commit this entire year to you. We commit this nation to you. We commit our lives to you, Lord, that we can seek you first and acknowledge you in everything that we do. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Father, as we come together this morning as a family in this place to pray for our world, we want to thank you for your hand of blessing and favor that is on this place. And God, we know that because of your favor on us that you've given us a responsibility to go into other places. And Lord, we pray this morning for partnerships all over the world and especially in Egypt this morning. God, that you would open doors that only you can open. That you would make a way where there seems to be no way with the Muslim Brotherhood rising up in that place now. And God, all that is happening. Lord, I would pray that you would just somehow also use Pastor Alex. God, may your hand of favor be on him in that place. God, may you give him inroads to kings and to leaders. God, your word says you, you hold the hearts of the kings in your hand and turn them wh whichever way that you want to. God, I ask that you would turn them. Lord, to be open to Pastor Alex and our workers there. God, we want to also lift up the orphans in this world. God, some of those are our kids. Some of those are our kids. And Lord, there are orphans all over this world, just as those that we held in our arms in Haiti. And God, that you could see in their face are just praying to you and calling out, God, just send me somebody to get me out of this pit. And God, I pray right now, as only you can, that you would touch hearts right here in this family. God, that you'd prompt hearts right this moment about a little boy or a little girl that they've been thinking about and, and now know this is your time. This is your year. To be the one that rescues them. Some have already been rescued. Many are waiting. God, we also want to lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ that are in difficult places. God, some that are in prison cells right now just because they proclaim the name of Christ. And God, I was just thinking earlier, I, I pray that as we as a family here lift up these prayers for them to you, that they would go up to you and that they would come back down right in those cells where they are on their lives, in their hearts, in their minds, God, that they would be encouraged and inspired knowing that they are impacting eternity because of where they are. God, lift them up, touch them, bless them, encourage them. And God, if you choose to let them spend the rest of their life right there, may you be honored and glorified because of their testimony. May we lift them up 
And God, may you bless them and take care of them. God, I, I just pray a hedge of protection around Pastor Alex and his family now. God, as you use him now in many of these countries, in many of these areas, Lord, I plead the blood of Christ over him. I, I pray that you'd station your guardian angels around him, that your hand of supernatural blessing would be on him. Because, God, we all know you've put him here for such a time as this. And it's only through you and your power and your favor that this church family can do what you want us to do around the world and right in this city. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Let me read you one more verse from Paul to the church in Rome. 15, chapter 15, verse 30 says, Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me given to you by the Holy Spirit of God. It's a great way to put it. Join me in my struggle. <laughs> that Paul had a vision and he had a mission and he had a ministry and he wanted the help of the body. He wanted the help of the people in the church that are part of the body of Christ, which is the third reason I want to suggest to you today that we pray is that we labor together to fulfill his purpose. The purposes of God, that we are laboring together, that we do the work of an evangelist, that we do the work uh, assigned to us before the foundation of the world, that the works for each of us and the works for us as a, a church body and, and so much is happening in our world uh, in 2012. We have incredible opportunity and we need you on board, all of you on board. That's why we spent six weeks discussing the subject, own it, because we need all of you to own it and, and to step up to the plate to be a part of the ministry in the way that God designed you and created you to be. But it can only work if all of us join together in declaring Jesus Christ to the world. And so church, the question is, can I ask you to pray? for your church and can I count on you to pray for your church and can I trust you to pray uh, for your church that we want to be purposeful this year but we can't do it without the prayers of all of the body and all of the members and and we we could work our heads off in 2012 the staff team and the leadership team I mean we could have staff meetings and leadership meetings and countless meetings and go through all of the motions of worship but if God isn't in it it'll be hollow and meaningless and, and powerless and there's few things about church that scare me more or that I am more fearful of is, is a church running on momentum or a church running on habit or a church running out of days in the past and the power has been severed from that church and that the people, like a train full of people, enjoying the scenery out the window as the train is coasting to a stop in the desert because the engine has cleared the horizon and has been severed from the train. And prayer, church, is the way that we keep the train hooked to the engine, the locomotive of God's power. And we got to be a house of prayer, and we got to be men and women of prayer, and, and, and our community groups need to be bathed in prayer. We need to be prayerful. We need to pray for our church today. And so as we put these slides up on the screen, and, and this is the last prayer time that we're doing today, I, I want you to pray for your church family, and that this year would be a year of power and this year would be a year of favor and this year would be a year of impact and, and protection purity for the bride of Christ so take a minute and pray if you would for your church
Would you pray that the presence and the power of Jesus would be on every man and woman and boy and girl who worships on one of our campuses. That God would meet them where they are. Would you pray for increased favor on our church with God, favor with God and favor with man. power of God would flow through the people of God. The purity of God would flow through the people of God. Would you pray for direction for our church, that God would make clear the next steps that we're to take as a body, that he would show us with all certainty, the voice of certainty, where he's taken us where he wants us to go and that we would obey him. I'm going to ask Al, who's one of our pastor's council members, to come to voice this prayer for our church body. Father God, Lord, I ask for you to strengthen this body of believers here at Battle Creek, Lord, that your power, Lord, your strength and, and, and your love, Lord, will fill each one here. We are what Jesus died for, your church, Lord, and we are his body. We're the feet and we're the hands. Father, equip us. Help each one of us to purpose in our heart, Lord, that we are going to do more in this year than we've ever done before, that we're going to step up, Lord, that we're going to fill the gaps. And, Lord, that we're going to pray more. And we're going to pray for the work that's accomplished here in this church body and for the things that are going to be done that are done on our new uh, campus on Lewis, Lord. And the great things that I pray that you're going to do through us there. And as we look forward to the future, Lord, of, of where you may have us to plant a new body of believers in another place, we don't know, Lord. We want to be following your lead, Lord. Help us not to be the one to get in the way and and go out front, Lord, but allow you to go before us. Lord, create in us a clean heart, Lord, and help us to bring honor to your name. And Father, everything rises and falls on leadership, Lord, and your churches survive because of the leadership of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that we will pray and remember Alex and his family, Lord. They are a big target for the enemy. And Father, we need to surround him and cover him with prayer, Lord, and, and for his wife and for his children, Lord, for their strength and endurance, Lord. And Father, that you will fill them and create in them things that we can never even imagine, Lord, because as they lead us on, 
Father, that we just, through your power, Lord, that we can accomplish things that we can never imagine and never dream about, Lord, because it's your dream. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Al. There's all kinds of research that's been done on the brain. And there's all kinds of research, quite honestly, that's been done on the brain as it relates to prayer and what happens in the brain. There's a neuroscientist that I read just a brief part of. Uh, one of our guys brought me some research. And, and what this neuroscientist is saying, along with other neurologists, is that uh, there are unique things that happen to the brain during intense times of prayer and, and regular times and lengthy times uh, of prayer. The frontal lobe experiences increased activity. Uh, the frontal lobe controls concentration, which means while you're in prayer, you're able to focus better. This is the conclusion that secular scientists are coming to today as they study the activity of the brain while you pray. Uh, the parietal, I guess is how you say that, lobe, goes black, which is where self uh, happens and, and basically the sense of self. And, and what these secular doctors are saying is that in prayer you lose self and you lose sense of self, you, you become focused in and joined with God. Uh, that the uh, coolest part, I think, is the limbic system kicks into high gear. The limbic system controls your emotions and your heart rate and, and your blood pressure, which basically means that you're able, because of prayer and while you're in prayer, to calm down and to reduce stress and to get into control uh, in the way that you need to be in control of your life and of your body. And what all of that really proves is that when you pray, you are physically able to achieve the fruit of the Spirit and to reap the fruit of the Spirit that God has declared uh, for our lives, that in prayer you're able to go to a place of peace, and in prayer you're able to go to a place of patience, and in prayer you're able to go to a place of self-control, and, and that those things... Uh, are a part of our lives when we spend time in prayer. And why do we pray? We, we pray because we need it, yes. Why do we pray? Because God is in control, yes. We, we, there's lots of reasons to pray. But, but I just want to conclude today with one more. And, and the reason that we pray, and this quite honestly could be the only reason we would need, is that Jesus Christ was a prayer warrior and that Jesus Christ is a prayer warrior. Read the Gospels. When Jesus walked this planet... He spent a lot of energy and a lot of time in prayer. In fact, the Bible says today that when we don't know what to pray and when our prayers aren't even God-sized, that Jesus takes those prayers and takes them to the Father and intercedes on behalf of the children of God. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says about Jesus and his prayer life. While Jesus was here on earth, chapter 5, verse 7, he offered prayers and pleadings with loud cries and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. And Jesus prayed with intensity. He prayed with emotion. He prayed with passion and he prayed because he had to he had a, a mission to fulfill that his father gave him and he was on that mission think where the world would be today if Jesus hadn't prayed but because Jesus prayed don't you think we ought to and may God do something in our body this year may our community groups the hundred 10 or whatever it is, groups all over the city that meet almost every day of the week, options all over the city. May prayer not be an afterthought, but may it be a central focus of coming together and talking to the Father on each other's behalf. May every Bible study and every class and every opportunity we offer 
in the year 2012 have energy given to prayer and talking to God being bathed in prayer not just individual prayer but may groups gather to pray for our church for our nation for our world for the people in our city that need Christ would you pray with me and as we wrap up our service today can I just say to you maybe the most important prayer that you could pray is the first one affectionately called the sinner's prayer and if you're here today or you're watching online you've never given your life to Jesus Christ on the first day of the year 2012 would you pray that first prayer and would you just right where you're seated maybe out loud maybe under your breath maybe uh, you're watching a computer screen today would you just pray and would you say dear God I know I'm a sinner and today I ask you to forgive me for all of my sin Jesus come into my life to be my Lord my Savior my forgiver and the best way that I know how, I turn my back on my sin and I trust you alone, Jesus, to save me. And I want to thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we all say amen.